Sporting dog adventures run, that boy, run. That was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I am your host, Jeff Fuller, and we are here today to talk about the Labrador Retriever breed. I consistently hear people that talk about British versus American field lines. And yes, there can be a difference, but people buy in hard to the sales pitch on both sides. And I always caution people when they talk to me about, you know, I want only a, an English uh, a Labrador Retriever. And I've looked at your lines and they look great. And I'm like, well, we actually have American field lines. So it shows that people honestly don't know exactly what they're looking at. They're listening to what is in essence a sales pitch and what they should be doing is finding someone that is the kennel that one breeds for what they're looking for and two has a good reputation and puts out nice dogs so let's just look at what i've heard now i've heard that english labrador retrievers are small dogs and that they are shorter and that their shoulders are back a little bit and that they are a gentleman's dog and that you don't have to force fetch them or train them like you would a Labrador retriever and they hunt slower. I've also heard that they are large dogs with big heads, big block heads, and that they're very stoic and heavy dogs. Again, you listen to that and you get two different sales pitches. I've heard that American field lines are hyper and that they bounce off the walls. I've heard that they are hard to hunt with because they're hard to control. Again, can you find any of the above in different lab readers? Absolutely. But that's the point. You have to look at what someone breeds for, not just a tagline. I will tell you, we breed American field lines and you can, if a dog has a really full pedigree of title dogs, you can at times see dogs that are more wound. Now I will tell you that you can have both. You can have great pedigrees, you can have a great temperament and you can have a wonderful future best friend and have it all at once. And I've also seen people that are claiming to have American field lines that have zero titles in their, their lines. And it's like, I mean, to me, when I look at American field lines, I'm looking at, I mean, they're field lines, they've got field titles. I, that's what I look at. When I look at, I, I don't want to be insulting, but a farm dog basically that has no titles in the pedigree. I don't know how you call that American field lines. In my opinion, I feel that's more of just, just a Labrador retriever that is not bred for uh, working because it doesn't have any proven in its pedigree. When we get into either lines and people pull the, you know, the dogs are papered, they're AKC registered. Folks, that doesn't mean anything. Having a, a papered dog only means that you can register it with a registry. And those registries, if the parents have been registered in the past, that is the only bar you have to cross. It doesn't mean a whole lot 
when you look at that to say that a dog has papers. So keep that in mind too. One thing I tell people is that again, you want to have those titles in a pedigree. The at the end of the title, QAA, qualified all age, that means they can run in field trials to get an FC or an AFC title, field champion or amateur field champion. You want that MH title at the end or an HRCH title at the beginning. Now you more than likely won't get all of these titles in one dog, but if you get one of these titles, that is showing the dog can compete and accomplish a goal at a high level. Now, when you get into the FC, AFC and the field trials, that's a special dog that won, that ran against a bunch of other very high-end dogs and won and scored enough points to attain that title. When you get into your hunt test titles, that HRCH or that MH, that is showing that you have a very solid dog that accomplished a goal and ran to a standard. So that would be what I would look at, not just on the parents, but also on the pedigrees so that you are making sure that you have that, that ability and that uh, dog matter <laughs> to, for, for a better explanation to work with when you get your dog out and you start to work with them and train them. It's just, you want to have that so that it is in a great place. Now, as far as Again, this is my opinion. As far as English lines or as far as American field lines, I have seen great of both and I've seen bad of both. I will tell you that with training, I have yet to wash out a dog uh, during training that has that pedigree that has all the titles. I have had dogs that are unable to be trained, at least by me. Maybe someone else could have pulled it out of them, but the dogs that I have washed out in the past were the dogs that didn't have any pedigree behind them. You have to look at it and realize that just because it's a hunting breed does not mean that it's bred to hunt. So make sure if you get an American field line or you're getting an American show line or you're getting your British line or English labs as they're commonly called. I've even heard of, oh gosh, Irish labs now. It's like they all came from that part of the country anyway, when it started. So, I mean, can we, can we stop with all the fancy titles trying to have the better mousetrap? Look at it, make sure that you have those titles in that pedigree, make sure that you have an intelligent dog, make sure that you have a person that is breeding the dogs that is putting together more than just two dogs. There are a lot of people out there that want to have a litter or two. Hey, that's how I get started. I don't throw bones or throw stones at it. But at the same time, if you don't know what you're doing and you're breeding two dogs that are wound for sound, you're going to get that in a puppy. And a lot of people aren't going to want that or be able to handle that. Or if you're breeding dogs because it's convenient, you may not get the health or desired drives that you would want for hunting. Find someone that understands how to put genetics together because there's more to it than just breeding two dogs. I, I see it online. I've had countless arguments with people online in person at sports shows where I get told that you shouldn't charge what you do, which we charge $2,200 for a puppy because, hey, it doesn't cost that much to produce puppies. And I'm always like, no, actually, you don't understand. We have probably $2,000 wrapped into an animal before we even breed them. We have our facilities. We have our relationships with our vet. We, with our kennel, we're pushing probably $50,000 a year in vet bills. 
we have an actual business, but with that business, you're getting our expertise and our ability to breed for genetics that we're putting out dogs that are going to have that driving ability. I did have one line that uh, I bred to a uh, British male. Uh, he had a finished title and a, and a master hunt title. Um, I thought about getting in, into British labs way back when, when I tried to get into it 20 years ago, the dogs I had talked to that were the big lines, none of them had the health testing that field labs have. So there again, too, you want to make sure that these dogs are EIC clear, CNM clear. They've gotten their, their checks in their eyes, their hips, uh, their, their, their hip checks uh, with the orthopedic foundation of animals. Make sure that you are getting all of that. That it's not just back then when I when I looked into it, and I'm sure that some of this would happen in field lines, but it just wasn't common in the circles I was in. I was told, well, the sire has his clearances, so it doesn't matter what the female has. No, let's get genetically clean dogs out there, genetically clear dogs out there that have been tested for everything so that we can have a healthy Labrador Retriever breed and go from there. So make sure you're getting your genetic testing. If you are getting an American field line or an English line, make sure that the pedigree has titles and don't fall again, the sales pitch you'll hear from people that don't run, don't have titles in their lineage. You will hear things like, well, I breed for the love of the breed, or I don't believe in titles. Titles aren't what hunting are. Titles in parents and lineage show that the dogs can accomplish a goal. We no longer title our females, but our males always have that MH or H or CH title. Make sure that that pedigree has those titles on the sire side. And if the female doesn't like we do, make sure it's a well-established kennel that has these dogs. They evaluate their dogs. The dogs are good hunting dogs and go from there. So that would be it on the English versus American field lines. You know, it's something that we've talked about in the past. I figured it was a good thing to talk about now again. It is, and honestly, I get the question enough that it is something that we'll probably talk about once a year or so, but it is a common sales pitch out there. It's a common thing that people struggle with. So that is what we do here on Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. We try to bring you these things to help you so that you understand and you can find what you're looking for in your search when you're out there in the big dog world. Next up on our training tip, I wanted to talk about the handling of dogs when you have them out and you're running and hunting in, in the snow. Now, I just had two of my dogs out this last weekend. It was a crusty snow. Their feet got tore up. So I wanted to talk to you about that. And then after that, I want to talk to you about shot size when you're doing upland hunting. All that and more coming up after this. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Saki dog. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mech Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at Shot Shell 
or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at mechoutdoors.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. So I wanted to talk about on our dog tip slash training tip slash handling tip, I wanted to talk about something that just happened to me recently. Very common uh, when you hunt in the Northern uh, states, we had snow, we had warm weather, the snow then froze, it was crusty. What'll happen is our dog's feet got just tore up. Now their feet just basically get abrasions on them from the snow and ice. It's something that does heal. It's something that is common in hunting dogs. I mean, our hunting dogs, they just get beat up when they're out there, whether it's uh, running through the cover and getting uh, their nose tore up or around their eyes or their feet, it is just common. So how do you manage that? When I have my dogs and they get their feet tore up like that, I will not take them out until those feet are healed. I know many people that run their dogs, they'll take them back out over and over and their dogs or feet are constantly bleeding. What happens when you have dogs that are out in the snow and it's an abrasive issue and they're getting their feet tore up, you will have it heal slightly and then get reopened, heal, get reopened, heal, get reopened if you don't let it heal all the way. And what happens then is you have scar tissue. Once you have scar tissue, whether you're a, a professional fighter or a dog, that is running in the snow, scar tissue tears far more easy. And it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where it will tear more and more and more and more easy where the dog is constantly having this issue. It is something that, yes, your hunting dog is your hunting dog. They are going to have times that they get injured, but let it heal fully so that this doesn't become something that is far more common because of the scar tissue and because you're not letting it heal. I know that's hard. Seasons are short. You don't want to uh, miss anything, but you want to make sure that their, heat, their feet are fully healed up or their nose and their eyes are fully healed up from the cover so that you can have it so that they are healthy and so that they have a good long duration of their life that they're hunting. The other thing you can try is boots. I have never found a Labrador retriever of mine that'll wear boots. We used to try it. It's probably because I didn't have expensive boots, but <clears throat> you could always try that too. I know people that will uh, recommend different types of boots, far more common in the pointer world because those dogs cover so much ground, but you could try boots. But if you don't and your dogs do go out and they get the abrasions on their feet from snow and ice, make sure you let it heal. That's our tip for today. Next up, I wanted to talk about shot selection and upland hunting. All that and more coming up after this. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with Dogs in the Field.
Welcome to Boucher in Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Estamos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Hey, welcome back to the show. So, last part of our show, it's our hunting tip. And I was out with a buddy. We were talking about shot selection in Upland. And he was of the opinion that you should use a seven shot, lower shot. I like to use around a five shot. Reason I like to use a five shot, I shoot a heavy shot load. It's their upland load. It's a number five shot. You get such a good kill power out at a distance that it really lets you make sure that if you do hit a bird, you are putting the bird down and you're gonna recover the bird. Uh, I've tried lighter loads in the past and I've tried where you've got a smaller number like a seven. That works great for birds that are, I guess like a, like a quail or a grouse in my opinion. You get those birds down, they don't run as fast. So if they are wounded, they're not gonna run away. I just want to make sure that with pheasants, once you hit them, that they're going to be down and the dog is going to be able to catch them. So that is kind of what I look at when I am out hunting. I use that with a five shot and then my choke selection is always an improved cylinder. I like to have a big pattern. I like to have hard hitting shells. Yes, they're more expensive, but I know when I pull the trigger and if I take a feather off, that bird is going to go down and I'm going to recover it. So that's it for our training tip today. Thank you so much for making us the number one, in my opinion, uh, wing shooting podcast out there. We love talking to you guys. We love when you ask us to put things on our show. Please email me, Jeff Fuller at sportingdogtv uh, at gmail.com, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. We'd love to hear different items you'd like to hear on the show. If you've got a training tip, you want to hear a story about hunts we've done in the past, whether it's uh, what type of hunts we've done or hunts on the TV show. Let us know. Let us make the show more about what you want to hear as well. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone have a great week and God bless. Sporty.